Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 61. It's a special guest episode. We have Rebecca DeGroote on as our guest. Welcome, Rebecca. Hey, thanks for having me. Hello. 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 Uh, where's my bell? Oh, I got so a bell? I'm so unprepared. What, what <gasps> happened? So oh, rude. Man. I can't believe this is happening right now, PJ. This is embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know where it is. <laughs> I, I, I have a bell somewhere. You're going to have to I add swear. it later. You're going to have sure to get back do. in that editing booth. No, it's, I know you quit editing, but you're yeah. going to have to bring the bell back. I bet you tell your guests it's, all that you have a bell. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone forever. I don't, I don't, it's, it's like it doesn't leave the desk. I have no idea where it went. So it was the first thing she said. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I'll consider being a, a guest. Do you have a bell? Yeah, yeah, that's See, true. Yeah, I thought I was happy to be here. Well, I guess we're going to have to have you back. <laughs> yeah, yo, I swear when you come back again, I will have the bell. Mm. Or a bell, maybe not the same one, because apparently Gremlins <laughs> stole this one. Um, so, Always so, blaming Gremlins. Yeah, they would be the ones uh, to do re it. Regardless, uh, you're, you're very welcome on the show. And, and Rebecca, what is your dominant skill set? Uh, well, the first one definitely is wood turning. Wood turning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you had to give us a skill class for wood turning, what would it be? Um, you know, I, I would say that it's about a 320 grit for sure. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it is time for our history and fun facts section of the show. Did you do any research on wood turning to share with the show? Okay, so you know I did, and I'm finding out that there are way, way more lathe types than I thought there was, and I had no idea that it started in Egypt, or at least I think it did, in about the 7th century BC, powered with a bow lathe, then that moved on to a two-person lathe, which I think is kind of comical, turning into a spring pole lathe, to a treadle lathe, and then finally into a motorized lathe. That's I don't know. That's that's about as much as I looked into, and I thought they were really neat. And now I want to make all of them and see if I can turn on them. I I had no idea that you could drive a lathe. Was the, was the motorized lathe like right when the automobile came out, or was yeah? That I think pre I think so. I think it was right around the same time. Right. It was right after the horse-drawn lathes kind of fell out of vogue. Yeah. It was a Model L. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That yeah. that that must have been a South Bend. Because yeah. they started with an Does that well, date the Model T. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Or mm. yeah, well, maybe it was Ford then. Could have been made by Ford. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe. I'm gonna have to look that up because um, I actually am I'm studying lathe stuff lately. I've, uh, oh, nice. Anyway, uh, we're we're gonna go to Tom next. Tom, what research did you do on on lathing? Well, she stole mine. I also found out that it started in Egypt, but when I read it. Uh, it sounded, uh, they made a two-person lathe, like she mentioned, and I, I thought that was weird because I usually only turn one person on my lathe at a time. So I don't know, maybe it was an efficiency <laughs> thing that they wanted to turn two, but either way, it's messy. I mean, as long as well, you, you keep the arms and legs tucked in, I think it's okay. You just need to tell them right. about that beforehand. So, Tom. Yeah, fun fact. Oh, I, oh, thought, yeah. I thought it involved a, a glue-up. I, I was going to point out the fact that Tom was using full-size adults. If you want uh, to use the two-person lathe, you're going to get it to get the infants. They're they're small enough to stack oh. up. 
Oh, and you use less glue. Yeah. Hey, yeah. it's cost effective and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Was that it, Tom? Was that all you found? Yeah, I got nothing, man. I didn't do any research. I googled that in about thirty seconds. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's 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 okay. It's, we don't expect much. So, Tanda, what what did you find in your research? Oh, I found a kind of a I don't know if it's a fun fact. It's not more of a fun fact than research. But there's uh, um, someone named what was the name uh, Theo Tan who has a whole article on uh, on the vegetable lathe, and it's kind of like getting started with turning. And so that it goes through some detail, and you could go and Google that. If you do Theo Tan and vegetable lathe, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, but it's like a little, like, hand-operated, like a, it's almost like a bow lathe, but you can put vegetables on it and then turn vegetables for practice. So you can turn, uh, you know, and it's funny, I'm looking at the material list right now, what you need to build the vegetable lathe according to these instructions. And your material is a carrot, parsnips, potatoes, uh, beetroot. Uh, and then you have uh, the tools you need are a large chopping board, two tins of food, preferably without pull tabs and preferably beans. I'm not sure why, uh, because they were just used to make the lathe. Um, belts, <coughs> chopsticks, string, a few rubber bands, cling film, Greaseproof, tin foil box, a bread knife, a hammer, and a large nail and a screwdriver. Now, That's you sure everything this, you need to make a vegetable lathe. Are you sure this isn't a recipe? Uh, it's kind of written like a recipe, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then there's a, there are instructions. There's a whole YouTube channel. Um, so uh, there you go. You can make Side all Bart. sorts of things with the vegetable lathe. Sidebar, Tom, Rebecca. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really think We're that here. she was going to start this early. She's very thorough when she makes something up. She actually made an entire YouTube channel, wrote an article in someone else's name. There's no way that this is a real thing. There's no such thing as a vegetable lathe. I don't know where she gets these ideas, but she goes through great... See, like Tom does the smallest amount to do no research. She goes the opposite direction. She invents an entire personality just so she can talk about something that doesn't actually exist. I mean, that's dedication. You know, you know, I'm Googling it, PJ. I'm Googling it, and I Googled Theo Tan Vegetable Lathe, and I'm not seeing it. But it could be because I maybe spelt Theo Tan Vegetable and Lathe all incorrectly. I'm not sure. I'm working on it, though. It's possible, but you're pretty good with the research, Tom. I mean, yeah, normally. Tan, Tanda, it's not that far off. I, don't, I feel like there's some kind of hidden message in here, like the Theotan is actually Theotan, like it's some kind of word that we should know, like Vegetan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. Mm. It's. It sounds. It sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know. She. She's very good. She's very. Oh. 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 Look. Look. She's done eating her oh, carrot. She's back. Oh, Tanda, that. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I. I didn't know those things existed. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was. It was an. It was a good find. Wow. Well, uh, I had a lot of difficulty in my research. Of course, I looked up lathing superstitions, which I, I found none. And then I thought, well, maybe I could find some superstitions on the stuff you make with a lathe, like wooden bowls or spoons or pens. No superstitions whatsoever, although it kept trying to give me superstitions from Korea for, for some reason. I don't know why. 
So uh, basically, I got rid of the internet searching, and I picked up this, which is a South Bend book hmm. called How to Run a Lathe that I picked up when I got Jimmy his lathe the other week, and I've been reading it, but the very first thing it talks about, it's got this little diagram of, a, of two guys, and there's a lathe in between two trees, and it says- Two one person of, lathe. It says, one of the earliest types of turning lathes is a tree lathe. Uh, a rope attached to a flexible branch over the overhead is passed around the work to revolve it. And then later, a strip of wood or a lath was used to support the rope. And this is probably why turning machines are known as lathes. So hmm. I thought that was very interesting. I'd never heard because, that before. Because it was a, a lath? Well, a lath. That they used to turn the lathe? The lathe. Is that yeah. where that came from? That's what they're claiming. Mm. The, I don't I don't know if it's true, but South Bend has produced this book for over 100 years now, so I'm, I'm assuming that it is, because why would they lie? Well, so mm. before lathing, it was treeing. Mm. Well, when they wrote that book, the internet wasn't around, so they could have just written anything. Yes. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. All right, Tom has a great dealer's corner, so I'm going to give him the bulk of the time. But I've got one that I forgot about. I mean, that that only happens like when you have so many so many deals that you don't realize how many deals you actually have. <clears throat> That's the kind of deal I've got. And I'm I'm trying to find it now just so that I can give you the exact date because I didn't remember that I had it. Because if you're listening and you don't have the exact date, the story is going to be completely different. Oh, we can't have dead air. He's not going to edit this, so we better fill this air in while he's looking for this stupid thing. I don't even. I didn't even hear. Yeah, what I mean, sometimes he composes a list. What's he looking for? I don't know, but sometimes he composes a list of fifty or. You 60 better go, Tom. You better waiting. go. I can't find it. You lost it again. <laughs> I lost it again. Tom, Tom, what'd you get? What's your deal? Oh. I, uh, <clears throat> very fitting for this episode. This was not planned whatsoever, but I bought a lathe. <gasps> In fact, my last two deals were lathes, one wood lathe. And now, uh, last night, last evening, I went and bought a, not my second. Oh man. I don't even know what number this is. South Bend 9A. Is this my fifth South Bend 9A I've owned for short periods of time before I sell them again? Uh, it's a Southman 9A. It's a short bed, so it's a 36-inch bed. The one that I restored uh, a year ago is a 42-inch bed. And it is in rather good condition, but it's it looks like a disaster. So there are multiple layers of paint that are all peeling. And I think the guy <clears throat> the guy I got it from was a few towns away from... Actually, it was a lot, he was an hour away from me. Um, he kind of sort of started to restore it and then kind of gave up on it so i got it in pieces but it looks like all the pieces are there what was cool though is i go to his house and he's got this huge garage it was like walking into uh wow jurassic park i just blanked no doctor who i don't know why the i TARDIS. thought it wasn't doctor who yeah it's like walking to the tardis like the garage door opens now it was dark out so i didn't really see the shape of the building but it's this massive 
garage with one door. And in it, he's got a Jeep on a lift. And the lift... Let's just say this. I could walk... I'm 6'4". I could walk under the Jeep with plenty of head clearance. But the wheel was like a foot and a half off the ground. This was a giant rock-crawling Jeep. It was massive. The whole thing he built basically from scratch... Um, you know, the motor's different. The, he built a roll cage for it. It was really, really cool looking. Um, obviously it's on the lift. So the wheels are, you know, fully extended. That's why it looked even bigger, but it was super cool. He had a bridge port with what's that thing on a bridge port where you can put multiple heads on it. So it's got like a table 90 degrees oriented to the normal table and the head is mounted to that table. Have you seen that before? I've seen it. I don't know if there's a name for it. Yeah, so you can put like four Bridgeport heads on a Bridgeport, basically. So he had one of those. He had a giant um, uh, metal cutting bandsaw, uh, ver- uh, vertical bandsaw, not horizontal, and some other cool stuff. But all for all for making this cheap. So um, not I wouldn't you know it was an automotive shop. It wasn't even a it wasn't a metal shop necessarily, but it was very cool. So, anyways, it. Uh, I got this lathe. It's on a really big, heavy metal table with like a two and a half inch thick uh, laminated together uh, wood top. I haven't figured out what wood it is. It's probably oak. Um, And I got all the bits and pieces. It's got a half horsepower three phase motor, which is cool because I like the variable frequency drives for them. You can do a lot of um, different frequencies setups for that. Yeah, frequencies. <laughs> uh, but you can do the slow start. You can, yeah, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I haven't told anybody how much I paid for it. I'm not, I don't see any reason not to at this point, but I paid for it. That's a, a deal. sweet deal. That's a deal. Yeah. It is not the cheapest lathe I've ever bought, but it is not the most expensive lathe I've ever bought. Actually, I don't know what the most expensive one I've paid for. Oh, I paid seven or 800 for a for one of the South Bend 9As I sold. Um but it should, if I clean it up, if I restore it, it's probably worth 1500 bucks to the right buyer. If I just clean it up and get it working and get it assembled, um, I mean, I think that's 1200 bucks all day, like all any day. Like I could sell it in a day for 1200 so I could probably get more for it. That's an that's awesome score. Deal. That's pretty good. <clears throat> <clears throat> Tom's oh, going to die again, so I better start talking. So I found my deal. <clears throat> In case you don't know, I have I have an app that tracks all my deals so that I I know because I can't remember anything. Oh. It's got a picture of the deal and it's got a little write-up. So this is the what are the odds deal. This guy named Billy Kissingweather had an uh, yeah I'm not kidding Billy Kissingweather. <laughs> uh, of course I didn't know that was his name when I answered the ad because his wife listed it and her name was like Susan or something. I didn't write her name down. I feel bad now. But anyway, the ad was for two vintage 48-inch I-beam clamps. And uh, those are the kind where the the movable part um, that runs on the I-beam has notches. There's like holes in the I-beam, so it locks into place. These things mm-hmm. are super beefy, heavy-duty four-foot clamps. Ten bucks, okay? Not per clamp. Ten bucks for two. And I was like, oh, my gosh. oh yeah. I, these, I'm all over nice. it. Give, give them to me now. Mm-hmm. And the weird part is, 
they were in the town next to mine, which is Hazleton, which is about like, I don't know, 30,000 people. It's the biggest, closest town. I get his address and I've driven all over Hazleton, but I don't know the addresses of anything. So I'm following the GPS and it's taking me down this very familiar route. And I'm like, there's, there's no way. There's, not, there's no way. This guy was a block away from where I get my haircut. And, and the thing that makes that weird is I don't get my haircut at like a salon. Um, friend of the family has a haircutting business in her basement. Like it's like a full, like she's a registered hairdresser. She, you go down in the basement and it's fully kitted out. Looks like you're in like any barbershop. Anyway, literally like 300 feet from the same place I get my hair cut every month. And I'm like, wow, what are the odds? Okay. She actually just owns a farm with a bunch of sheep. Yeah. <laughs> she just uses sheep shears. That's, that's my haircut that for sure. It explains a lot. Yeah. It explains a lot. <clears throat> so yeah, I live on, I live in the middle of nowhere. So anyway, I get to talking to this guy. He finds out I'm from Beaver Meadows, and he goes, oh, do you know Tommy Ketcher? I'm like, yeah, I know Tommy. He's a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah, I used to work with him at the bottling plant. I just retired. I'm like, no way. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and do you know such and such? Oh, yeah, he's my neighbor across the street. Yeah, I know him. And he's like, oh, hey, listen. I, and so we're talking, um, Tommy, Tommy's like one of these woodsman guys. Like he likes to go and live in the woods. He's out there with the deer playing with the bears. Like that's all he does. Like he's, he's, he's <laughs> like, he's like, he, he wants to live in the middle, literally like the middle of nowhere. But he's like, Hey, um, do you, do you see Tommy at all? I'm like, no, he's out in the woods all the time. I don't see him. He's like, Oh, I've, I've got some parts for his cameras. Cause Tommy has these like, uh, nature cameras that he puts on trees to track all the deer and everything and apparently one of them was broken so billy Kissingweather gives me parts to give to my friend tommy so I, so now i'm like the delivery guy and he's like oh hey listen i'm i'm moving down to maryland with my wife because i retired so that i can go fishing all the time and um so i'm selling my house and i'm getting rid of all the stuff hey if you want this stuff you can have it so then he gives me a 12 volt plug-in spotlight like the kind that you would have like for your car if you wanted to like pretend you were the police that it's like one of those you know it looks like a gun uh there was one of those coiled flat spring wires for like snaking wires through a wall or unplugging your toilet i take those because if you ever need a flat spring it's easy to just cut a piece off and use that that's very handy i got a 24 inch uh aluminum craftsman level a distant crosscut saw, warranted superior saw, and then two unmarked saws. One was double sided. So I got all of that and the clamps for ten bucks. And oh and I delivered That's parts. Awesome. So that was it. My, Sweet. my deal. Side sidebar listeners. Um yeah, if you see if you see PJ's Instagram here in the in the next few weeks and you see a picture of a timing light because it looks kind of like a 12-volt spotlight that looks like a gun, uh, you know, please tell me so I can harass him. So, yeah. Okay, there. I, every, everybody's, everybody's coming back. I just, everybody disappeared for a while, so I thought I'd kill them. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. 
All right, it's time for personal history. Rebecca, you're a guest, so you get to go first. Uh, how did you get started with wood turning? Well, uh, my dad got me started at a very young age. Um, so his rule was really simple. When I was tall enough to stand on the bucket and reach the lathe, he would teach me how to turn. So I was... <laughs> <laughs> to stand on the bucket. That's right. So, so I was, you went and found a really tall bucket? No, just a regular five gallon. And then I was turning at about five years old. So he had me turning like honey dippers and scoops absolutely fascinated me that I wasn't the best at those. But like honey dippers, like those were my jam. But eventually I worked up to scoops and then uh, took about a 15 year break and then found out that my college had a wood shop and just dove right in and went crazy in it, added sculpture and functional art as a second major on top of my teaching major, and I've just been obsessed ever since. So. I, I'm still stuck Very on cool. the fact that there is a lathing bucket. That, yeah. That, uh, I don't, I've not heard that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, when I went to my dad's over the summer, he, like, pulled a bucket out and stood on his lathe. He's like, okay, Rebecca, it's your turn. Teach me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Your dad sounds like a cool dude. That's a great start, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's a really cool guy. I get to see him next week. I'm really excited. So moving into, like, your, your now grown-up adulthood and mm-hmm. your, your adult lathing, okay. what has changed from the honey dippers? Um, well, things have come, in, come kind of alive a bit, I guess you could say, because I started with a lot more somewhat domestic objects like honey dippers, scoops, bowls, platters, kind of the boring stuff. And then I just started thinking like, this isn't enough. I want to do something more with these things. So I started adding spikes to them. I started giving them legs and then I gave more of them legs and then I kept giving them legs and then everything now has legs. (laughs) So they've kind of like taken on these personalities of their own. And now it's just these no longer domestic objects, but still kind of with that base or that kind of like beginning point where they might start out as sort of a simple vase form or a simple bowl form, but then they'll grow these other features and almost evolve in my shop or kind of evolving in my head or on paper into these just like weird alien animal plant life forms that just have taken on these new strange forms that I've just, they're, they're kind of, um, they're all over my house at this point. I've got a couple tables that are in my parlor. I've got like these weird early pieces that are sitting on a lot of my tables. I've got a bunch of shelves that are just full of the, the early, early pieces that I can't sell and I can't get rid of because they were constantly breaking because I didn't know what to do and how to make things back then. But now I've got a bunch of them just in boxes ready to go to the next show. So like, there's there's de- been a definite evolution, um, and it's it's been kind of an exploration of like how far to push the limits of what I can do with these wooden pieces and what I can do on the lathe, and then what I would have to do off the lathe to make it kind of interesting to me. But nobody's really telling me what to do, so it's all just for fun. And I, I think I think that's the best part about it is like. I get full control, and if everybody doesn't like it, then it's whatever. I still like it, and if they do like it, then cool, because then we can be friends. <laughs> it a- it adds new meaning to the expression, I think this idea has legs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking if you ever got to the point where you opened up, like, a website store, like, the perfect name for that would be Legs for Days. 
Yeah, I've got I've got a couple boxes actually in my shop that are labeled legs for days because I've got a bunch of legs that are just in progress and like one of them's legs for days turned, the other one's legs for days carved. So the boxes are growing actually. I've had to relabel a couple of them. <laughs> I, I now imagine that there are boxes of le- of legs in your in your 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 possession. Yes. That also have legs on the outside holding up the box with the legs in them. <laughs> Well, naturally, I mean. <laughs> and turned legs that you've decided are boring because they were turned. So now the turned legs have carved legs on them. Yeah. Have yeah. sub legs. Exactly. Yeah. Legs on legs on legs. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to talk with Tanda and you two need to do like a collaboration with some of the some of your turned bowls and legs and a little bit of Tanda's magic robotics. Ooh. We need to get one of these things walking. <gasps> Yeah, mm, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking of the game Cooties for some reason. Ooh. Do you ever play Cooties? Yeah, they've got like that because it's like legs. body and yeah, 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 and then, yeah. And yeah, I always put the legs everywhere. Yeah, I mean, because there was a spot to put eyes and tails and everything, but it was yeah, right. So and that was, the was most but fun it was more feature. fun to put legs everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, the, the Rebecca, co- your stuff, I don't, I don't know how to explain this, but your stuff reminds me of, like, it almost looks like, I follow a few glass blowers, and your art, your turned artwork looks a lot like their blown glass artwork. Does that make any sense to you? Like, especially the stuff with legs on it, it looks like the contrasting colors and, I mean, everything just has such a nice shine to it. But it almost looks like a glass blower's portfolio of stuff. Yeah. It's really cool. Thank you. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from. And I do follow a lot of glass blowers on Instagram. So that I could mm-hmm. I could be finding inspiration in a lot of their work. But I think a lot of it comes from kind of the art background and kind of this idea of form and color and finish. Whereas a lot mm-hmm. of makers don't have kind of that knowledge base to work from. Um, and I think with me going to an art school originally and a lot of them having that professional experience in the world with other glass blowers, I think we kind of have that base. That's interesting. You explained, I think, exactly what I couldn't. That's interesting. So it's more, it's more that you just have a similar understanding of artistry, maybe. I think so. If I can put it in different words, that it resembles each other because of that versus versus you trying to mimic glass blowers yeah. or whatever. It's just that. Yeah. Okay. I cool. think so. And I mean, like, there's no new ideas, really, but there's different ways to kind of portray an idea, and I think I just portray it in a different material. Yeah, totally. It's 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 unusual, uh, some of your things, in a, in a really cool way. Yeah. Thank you. I have new ideas all the time. I just don't talk about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that, what's that George Carlin that George Carlin line? I got a lot of great ideas, just most of them suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm not going to go into it. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> um, so I don't know. I, I think that your work is like quite beautiful, but actually, someone somewhere it's haunting their dreams. That's that's mm-hmm. basically. I think that's that's kind of a given. It's mm-hmm. it's like it's very creative, but someone's having night terrors, 
and and you know and you enjoy that i know you do i I do i definitely do (laughs) i mean i like to be that person in the background when i do actually end up in a gallery somewhere that nobody knows it's mine i'm not wearing a name tag but i get to kind of lurk in the background kind of in the shadows like one of my pieces and just like listen to what people are saying about it and a lot of it's like oh my god that's creepy i wouldn't want that in my house but it's really cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Right. I, no, that's that's a great position to be in. I occasionally just berate myself in front of my coworkers on something I've done <laughs> just to see what they do. And it's like, God, whoever whoever made this just I mean, what were they thinking? This is this is ridiculous. Especially if I've made something that isn't, you know, isn't quite working. Right. And and, and then inevitably somebody's like, uh, didn't didn't you make that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just like, <laughs> I do, I do that when my kids act out in public. I just go, whose kid Who's is that? kid is that? <laughs> where is that child's parent? <laughs> it was like it was like Jimmy's story on making it where the guy was asking uh, the guy at the milk run, who's who's the guy up on the hill that oh, you know, yeah, has all the, yeah. you know, that would have been great if he would have just uh, allowed him to, to run with it and find out what he was really going to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, I, I do the same thing, but um, I, I work alone. And it's just me, and no one hears me doing it. So it's just, it's not as good. It's not oh, as good. you should record it. <laughs> so well, are the shop you, pixies are you berating, enjoy it. Are you berating yourself and then responding to the beratement? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Okay. That's all day, <laughs> every day. Like, I, I just got done berating myself because I lost a brass bell that I was supposed to use about 20 minutes ago, and I don't know what happened to it. So it's... <laughs> Oh wait a minute! There's you guys heard that, didn't you? Never mind. Uh, moving, moving right along. Um, is there is there an area that you haven't pushed into? Uh, are, are are there any skills you're developing that you know you want to make something that you're not currently making? As far as the lathing is concerned. Oh, I mean everything really. Like <laughs> glasswork. I did actually do some glass work when I was younger like I was homeschooled from an early age until about seventh grade and I had this private lamp working class where I got to make glass beads um, but I didn't do much more than just the bead work and I'd really like to get more into the glass blowing and incorporate that into the woodworking somehow um, but I've also recently started to learn how to weld again I welded in college for a couple of years and then got out of it once I graduated so it's been about seven eight years and I just got my uh, Lincoln Electric little MIG welder set up, and I want to play with that some more. And again, like incorporate that into the woodworking. But then, <sighs> have you ever just... used a glass lathe? It, I mean, that it, would be an interesting combination. Those, the look on her exist? face says it all. She did not know that existed <laughs> until now. That sounds terrifying. I'm just thinking of like. <laughs> well, no. I mean, basically, well, you basically have the glass turning slowly uh-huh. on the lathe, so and then, then you're you using can... a flame to shape shape the glass that's turning. Well, I mean, sounds, on the lathe. So, like, they amazing. make tubes and stuff. If you've, oh. um, there's a guy who started remaking an electronic part called a Nixie tube, oh. which are I don't know if you've seen them, but they're like the vacuum tubes that have digits inside of them that light up and they used to be on like really old test equipment and he started to reproduce them because they're not made anymore and one of the first things he bought was a glass lathe so that he could make his own tubes and seal them off and everything i have not used one of those but now i'm looking it up because i need to know more about them 
because that sounds that <laughs> sounds amazing, and all I'm seeing is just pictures of leaves, regular leaves that I'm very familiar with. I'm sure there's a different variation. It, it looks very different. When you find it, you'll know. Yeah. Oh, I think I found it. Yeah, she just found it. Okay, <laughs> she's mesmerized. Really cool. Yep, yep, mesmerized. Fire, hot glass, all the cool stuff, spinning objects. <laughs> no, no, that, that sounds awesome. Speaking That's of fire cool. and hot things, Tom... Did you want to give us your personal experience with wood lathing? Yeah. I, uh, my first experience turning anything on a lathe was <clears throat> I met a guy named Mitch at the mobile gas station. And up in the Northeast, uh, pretty much every gas station has a deli in it. And they make breakfast sandwiches and lunch sandwiches and things like that. So after getting to know Mitch a little bit from just buying sandwiches, uh, I think it was around Christmas. It was around this time where he had a, like a, a binder that was full of pens that he had turned. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You should show me how to do that. So I went to his house. <laughs> and, uh, he... We, he, I turned an entire pen. He just grabbed it. Like he has, he has hundreds of pen kits just laying around <clears throat> and I turned my first pen and it was so satisfying because it's, it's done like immediately, like you turn it and it, assemble it and it's a thing and you can put it in your pocket. And I thought that was really neat. <clears throat> so, uh, I think within a few weeks I found a Delta midi lathe on Facebook Marketplace, maybe Craigslist back then, I'm not sure. It was probably around 400 bucks, but the guy had a ton of stuff. And he had a ton of pen kits and other kinds of kits and wood blanks and all kinds of stuff that I got to buy with it and plenty of turning tools. Um, so I bought that... Sorry, brain fart. Um, so I bought that and um, bought... You know, there were some gaps. I had to buy some other things and tooling to go with it um, to catch up. But I did a couple pens, and I made a couple other things, and I just lost interest. And and the only reason is, is that one, I don't like to, I don't like to dive too deep into anything. So that's problem number one. And number two, turning is one of those things that that is that's like all you could do. Like it's a it's a tool that could be your only hobby you know it's it's broad enough that it can consume your entire workspace um and i just work too generally to dive into a single thing that much but that doesn't mean i don't currently own a wood lathe that doesn't happen to work but (laughs) that's because i buy and sell tools um but that was my experience with turning uh oh i made a youtube video years ago where I turned a Christmas tree ornament out of a Christmas tree stump. And that was pretty cool. And I still have like four Christmas tree stumps in my garage from four friends that I have never made. I sold the lathe and I have not made them a Christmas tree ornament. (laughs) Now, I didn't take any money from them, so whatever. But I do need to make those ornaments at some point. That was like four years ago. You have a drill press. You could just put a hole in the stump and put a hanger on it. I could just, you know, I could just like cut a little cookie and put a string on it and that's their ornament there you go done you turned this yeah turned it into an ornament from a stump (laughs) yeah yeah 
That's basically the extent of my experience, though. Well, I mean, I do metal lathing, but that's out of the scope of this episode. Yeah, we're not we're not talking about that, you know. That, no, we're not. That, that's that's taboo for this episode. <laughs> so. And speaking of taboo, Tanda, what's your personal experience <coughs> with wood lathing? Speaking of taboo, Tanda. Yeah. Um, I think I've talked about. Uh, wood turning before I don't know what episode we may have gotten derailed onto to wood turning, but I think the first wood turning I did was in maybe eighth or ninth grade wood shop class, and uh, we had lathes and we made oh, bowls and some people made chess pieces. I made some little little urns. My most memorable experience, which I think I've talked about as well, was watching a friend turn the bowl. And I was standing at the opposite side of the headstock where some lathes have a, a piece sticking out where you can put on a larger object that won't turn over the bed. And my shirt got caught on it, and it uh, just kind of sucked me into the end of the lathe, which I managed to turn off. Um, it, but it ripped the seams out of the top, you know, the shoulders of my shirt before I, before I could turn it off and, and left a good twist in the middle of my shirt. And then I didn't really... Uh, I don't think I did a lot of wood turning for for quite some time, but now I have a, a little jet mini lathe that was given to me. And it wasn't because of that. It was just because I didn't have access to a lathe. Um, but uh, I've turned only, a, maybe I've turned a couple pins. I've got some pin turning um, kits and the little um, mandrels and stuff for turning pins. So I've done a little bit of that. And probably the most recent thing I've turned was I turned a tap handle uh, for malt and make uh, so I could get free beer when I went to Maker Central because he put, a, he put, a, he put an Instagram post or a post out there that said, if anybody brings me a tap handle, they can, they can have free beer at Maker Central. Oh, and so awesome. uh, I did that. But that's probably the most recent thing I've turned. I don't, uh, it's a nice tool to have around, but I do more, I don't know, kind of functional turning. Like I need a handle for something or I just need, you know, something made of wood that's round that needs to be not square. Um, so I've not done a lot of kind of artistic turning since, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, whenever that was. So that's kind of my history of turning in a nutshell. Mm, I've never turned nutshells before, but. I hear it's fun. Or in one. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <clears throat> uh, I've, I have a very limited history with wood turning, which I did tell on another episode, but Rebecca didn't hear that, so I will recap it. Uh, my main summer activity, the thing I exist for all year long, is to go blueberry picking. And Ooh. blueberry bushes grow in bundles, and they die that way, too. So they die standing upright, and one of the bushes... Now, I, I happen to be in an area where these are very, very old blueberry bushes, and they grow anywhere from, on the thick side, silver dollar thickness to maybe slightly bigger. And that's a 150-, 200-year-old blueberry bush. But while I was out picking, they whispered to me, <clears throat> and they said take me home and i did i grabbed one i took it home and this is some of the most gorgeous wood you'll ever see it has so many different characteristics i can't even describe it compare it to other woods but 
because of the thickness, there's not a whole lot of things you can do with it. Like you can make handles out of it. It's great for handles. But the first thing I thought was I had this was this was like four or five years ago. I, I was just getting into the maker community and somebody had shown a wood pen, wood turned pen. And I'm like, how hard it can it be to make a wood turned pen? I mean, it's pretty small. Doesn't look like it'd be that complicated. Now I have had zero experience turning. Like no one I knew had turned. There was no turning at wood shop. I'd never seen a lathe before. That's my level of experience. But I knew what a lathe was. I might not have known the name, but I knew it existed. So I, I had gathered up some blueberry wood. It was already dried, by the way. It, they die standing up, so it was already dried. I didn't have to wait for anything. But I needed a lathe. And I didn't want to pay a lot of money, mostly because that I didn't have a lot of money. So I went on eBay, and I found probably the worst auction you could possibly find <laughs> on eBay for a lathe. It was, it, it didn't even have like, uh, I don't even remember if it said craftsman. It might've just said lathe, like probably just said wood lathe. And it was a picture of the lathe from the back. There was no perspective, so you couldn't tell how big it was, but in the title it said two foot. So I'm like, oh, perfect. This is a small lathe. And the, like the auction was sitting there. It was like, I, I won it for $56, okay? So like I, I'm figuring this is a small two-foot lathe that nobody wanted. And they wouldn't ship it, but it was in New Jersey, and I'm in Pennsylvania. So I'm like, oh, I could drive down and get it. So I, I drive down to this pawn shop, and I'm like, I'm here for the lathe. And they look me straight in the face, and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like you guys sold a lathe and I gave you money. I'm here to get it. Uh, we don't know what you're talking about. I, I, look, you need to talk to someone that knows what I'm talking about. The short version is they gave me a guy to walk around the property with, and we found the lathe in what I'm going to call the abandoned building next to the pawn shop because there was no power, and I don't even think it was locked, okay? We went in there with a flashlight. We found the lathe on the ground, and it is not two feet long, it is about five and a half feet long. It is a gigantic, massively heavy, craftsman professional lathe for like making anything you could possibly want to make. Like basically like table legs and baseball bats. Like it's huge. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna need some help moving this. So uh, I drove my truck over, me and the guy got it into the truck. And then I, I took it to my dad's house who lives, he's in New Jersey. <sighs> And I had to leave it there because I didn't have any place to put it in, in my garage. I literally had to build a table to put this thing on there. Then I had to drive back to New Jersey, pick it up, and then bring it back. I don't even remember how I got it onto the table. It was it was massively heavy. Anyway, I turned some pens. Um, zero turning experience. First couple pens, fantastic. Like I've been doing it for years. I, I still have them. Uh, and I turned a couple for Christmas presents and things like that. And uh, I didn't have any problems, so I don't know. I'm like a savant, but I, I only did it for the pens. You know, there was there was nothing else. Like I didn't make any spider leg things, or you know, there was no gnomes or ducks or you know candy corns with butts. I, I didn't make any of those things. But uh, I had it for several years, and then I started to run out of space because I started buying and selling tools, 
and my <coughs> garage filled up very quickly and then I had to sell it and I sold it on a Memorial Day weekend there was 13 guys fighting over it I sold it for 150 bucks and the guy that came and got it didn't have a truck so he bribed or or I don't know he did something to get his friend to come and help him pick it up his friend was like three feet tall he had a pickup truck that was like nine feet tall, obviously compensating for something. And they ran in there and got the lathe like they were stealing it from me. The guy gave me a $100 bill and 50 sweaty ones. And after I had counted it, they grabbed the lathe and ran out of the garage, put it in the truck and sped away. They were there for five minutes. <laughs> I've had people come to buy an electric hand drill that stay for half an hour. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, after I sold the lathe, uh, a, a little while later, a little while later, uh, some, wow. somebody had a vintage, I'm going to say 1930s era shop master lathe that was cast aluminum and it was Art Deco. And mm -hmm. I want to say I got it for like 40 bucks. I think it was like super cheap, but um, I went and I picked it up and cast aluminum. There's very little steel. You could pick this thing up with one finger, like literally. I got it. I took it into the dungeon because I didn't have a place to set it up. And that's where it is. It's in the dungeon, not set up. It's uh, I, I don't have a lathe to use at the moment, but that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> PJ has a dungeon. That's that's a pretty exciting story. So many twists and turns. I'm really curious to see how the blueberry wood looks. Oh, it's awesome. I'll have to send you some. It's it's fantastic stuff. We'll talk yeah, after the show. Great. Okay, so you, you don't have a lathe. And Tom, you got rid of your wood lathe. And Tanda, you don't have a lathe. Or you do I have, have a lathe. I have, I have uh, one wood lathe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and a couple lathe. couple metal lathes, but it's just the little jet um, lathe, like a 14, 16 inch jet yeah. lathe. Okay, okay, yeah, I've got four of those little baby ones, the ten fourteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People look at me funny when I call it a baby lathe because they yeah. think I'm doing something nefarious with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, we did talk about this earlier. You need the infant right. for the. We did talk about lathes. baby lathes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah double baby lathes. Okay, I Tom's just don't understand. With with that experience that you guys have, maybe I'm maybe I'm of a different breed, but like, I was obsessed. I was completely obsessed. That instant like gratification of making a thing and being able to like walk away with it after half an hour. I don't get how you guys can just do it and then just like no, walk I'm, away. Oh, I, I would say you. I'm with you on that. I, That's that is the appealing part of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I don't. I just don't. I don't know why I didn't stick with it. I so I do have a lathe. I do have a Powermatic PM forty five. It's it's a decent sized lathe, but it's uh, I just got it on a dealer's corner a couple weeks ago, and um, there's a few non working parts that I need to fix. But I I kind of want to keep it and use it. I did list it to sell, but I kind of want to restore it and get into it. <clears throat> nice. Very cool. I I, oh, nice. I can tell you that uh, you know if you ever buy anything from Penn State Industries, you'll you'll get a reminder that you're not using your lathe every month for oh, the yeah. rest of your life. Yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I get every time I get their catalog, I'm like, oh, I should. I, not that I'm gonna. Not that I. It inspires me to order something from their catalog. It just makes me say, oh, you know, I should do something on the lathe. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I ordered one thing like six years ago. That, that's not true, Tanda. If if mm-hmm. if you don't order anything for four years, they stop sending them because I haven't gotten one this year. So oh. I, I'm pretty sure last year uh, I did, but um, but yeah, yeah. So so one more thing. After I sold my lathe, um, I had the idea to 3D print pens, and I bought some of the slimline pens, which is just a cheap pen for those that don't know, mm-hmm. uh, a pen or pen kits. And I 3D printed the pieces and assembled the pen, and it came out really nice. And I intend to vi- revisit that. I don't think I ever shared a a picture of that or anything on Instagram. That would but yeah, I that would basically be cool. 3D print. Yeah, I was just gonna say that'd be um, cool because you could do like little totems or whatever you want. They don't have to be yeah. symmetrically turned. They just have to fit with right. the rest of the pin kit. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yep. I don't recall you Someday. ever talking about that, Tom. No, this was years ago, and I don't think I even shared it. I don't even know if I had Instagram at the time. But hmm. I'll revisit that idea. I've turned three D printed parts before. That make a a big plasticky mess. Oh really? Yeah. Where I've just three D printed a part and then turned a bore in it to slide something else in, or so that it's more precise than what you can do with three D printing. Well, sucky darn! I think it's time for one of them old timey commercial interludes and stuff. Hey everybody, this is Pete Johnson down at Johnson's Hardware. You can call me PJ. Do you get separation anxiety from your shop while at work, on vacation, or even pumping gas? Well, we've got something that's simply the best. The Teeny Turner Pocket Lathe. Powered by German Clockwork Engineering, this eco-friendly wind-up lathe packs a portable punch of possibilities. Turn anything from a toothpick to a number two pencil or even a paper straw. With the Teeny Turner, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough, Ain't no river wide enough to keep you from lathing. Please unwind before pocketing. Stow turning tools in secret compartment only. May cause blindness. Get it now for 90% off. The lathe, not the price. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck, nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right, it's time for crossbreeding. Rebecca, what skill goes well with wood turning? Oh well, I mean carving. I would have to say because I do I go. do a lot of that uh, drawing, so that you can actually. Connect. No, 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 no. Just one, oh, just oh, one. Oh. You can't, you can't take multiple skills. Oh, I can't. Okay, well, I'm going. I have one. I'm going with. I carving. have one. I have one carving. now. Carving. Carving. Oh, it's too late. It's... No, you can't use that one. It's already been put into the universe. Tom, you're banned from using drawing. You're you never you're me. never allowed to draw either. <laughs> you're never allowed to draw. <laughs> says the art teacher. <laughs> you can no not the first draw. art teacher to tell me that. Not, yes. not the first art teacher to tell me that. Uh, <laughs> All right, Tom, it's your turn. What skill goes well with wood turning? Well, I was gonna say drawing, but I guess I'll go with sanding. Uh-huh. I think Sanding on a lathe is so different Wait, are you saying because you do all the normal sanding or sanding, because huh? sand. Well, yes, <laughs> sanding like sandpapering, <laughs> sandpapering. Um, because when we, when I did uh, wood turning, the method that the guy uh, had me do, which I think everybody kind of does, but 
you not, you start with like I don't know, 120, 200 grit, maybe not, maybe not that coarse, but you go all the way down to like 12,000 grit. Is it even higher than that? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but it, and you're basically at a certain point you're just like burnishing the wood and making it nice and shiny. But uh, I'm gonna say sanding. Final answer. All right, we'll accept that, Tom, because you didn't say drawing. Tanda, what skill goes well drawing. with wood turning? Well, I'm going to have to say standing. <laughs> uh, really? I'm still standing. Yeah, if you can't if you can't stand in front of the lathe, then I'm going to I'm going to say uh, uh, sweeping. Bucket. Sweeping goes well with wood turning. It's a very it's a very messy skill. It, uh, it it's not very contained. So. How do you feel about vacuuming? You know, I, I'm I'm gonna defer. Rebecca, do you consider sweeping a skill? Well, yes, because I've seen some people that are really bad at sweeping. All right, she's gonna give it to you, Tanda. I wasn't. Yeah. Go- I was. I had one strike against you. Well but, done. But, well done. You know, the guest <laughs> says yes. So, so good answer. Good answer. I, I gotta go with it. I gotta <laughs> go with it. Yeah. So uh, as for me, I'm gonna go with sharpening. Because all those lathe tools yeah. get dull super quick, so you need to be good at sharpening stuff. Need, everything needs to be pointy, and um, <laughs> you know, that's that's it. It's nice and simple. And if 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 uh, luck is with me, I may have a wet grind delta wet grinder for sharpening like chisels and mm-hmm. hand plane irons and stuff possibly within the week i don't know but we'll see i'm trying to rope somebody in to help me get it i don't know if it's going to happen mm. that might be you need you need a set of those snap off gouges is it mm-hmm. you can just keep snapping off Did when they sh- get dull <laughs> yeah. yes tanda and no tom it's not you oh good because <laughs> i'm not doing that. and now it's time for give me your best guest yeah. All right, Rebecca. We know that wood turning is your dominant skill, but of course we need the top five. What is your number two skill? Oh, uh, can I still say carving? Because yes, yep. it does go really well with that. Um, can I go down my list, the whole thing? Well, tell us, tell us about the carving. Well, I mean, most of the wood turning <clears throat> that I do, I don't just like to stop at wood turning, so I like to leave excess when I'm turning so that I have material to carve. So sometimes it's like a a band that I leave around the edge. Sometimes it's just some extra meat um, along the top edge. And that way I can carve into it, drill into it, modify it in some way, and then add more things to the object that I'm making. So you're you're turning meat? Yeah. uh, When is the meat turning? I've not heard of this. Is it a special lace? Like start with like a salami or something probably. There are are like bandsaws that are specifically for meat. Yes. Oh, I know about those. Oh, I do too. I know about those. I I worked in a grocery store right after graduating high school and I had to be the one to clean it. It was smelly. Um, Yeah, you know, turning meat, turning wood meat. You've heard about board meat. Oh, yeah. Tree meat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I didn't mean to derail you there. Just no, no, uh, caught you're my good. attention you're when good. you were. Uh, <laughs> how much? How much carving? Leaving. How much carving would you say, like on average, goes into each piece 
you know, how much is turning, how much is carving? Um, it depends on the piece. Sometimes it's 50-50. Sometimes it's 30-70. It just depends oh. on what which one it is. Sometimes there's a lot of uh, turned components, and only a, f a few of those components have any carved com aspects to them. Um, but all the turned are just kind of like stacked and assembled onto each other. Or they fit inside of each other, and then the rest of it's just some basic carving just to kind of help assemble all of it. It, it all depends. Everything, everything I make, I try to make really different from the next thing. Um, so it's hard to say that there is an actual average. Sidebar. Tanda, Tom. Mm -hmm. She just said she mm -hmm. tries to make everything different from the last thing. But like, if you look at her Instagram, everything is creepy spider legs. I don't, I don't understand what's <laughs> different. They all look identical. Oh, to they me. are unique though. No, they're all they're scary. All everything is yeah. scary. Like, but they don't legs. look like they're related. They don't look like they all came Correct. from the same alien mother. Well, okay, yeah. One looks like a tarantula. Another looks right. like a black widow. I'll give you that. Like, it's close. It's not exact, but all right. Maybe, maybe I, I jumped the gun. I might have jumped the gun. Um, yeah, you're wrong. That's what you mean to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, it looks like Rebecca's done picking her teeth with that spare spider leg. Okay, so so what? Um, that, okay, so carving carving's good. What's what's your third skill? Uh, design, design in general, just being able to actually take the ideas out of my head design. onto paper and then translate those into the three D realm. Why is there is there some conflict? <laughs> <laughs> there's some conflict with the word design yes there's design. some not on your end at all okay <laughs> you have no idea like, how happy tom is right now okay all right, well, i mean if you can't get a good design like out of your head and onto paper and then translate it somehow you're gonna end up with a turd and oh yeah just... design goes right, well with question. Everything. how much yeah how much of your how much of that design work before you start makes it all the way through to the end all of it? Uh, well, it depends on when I start the design. If I'm sitting in a wood turning meeting, which I go to a lot of, I'm usually in the back sketching. And typically those sketches end up being made into a finished piece and not much changes. But if I start wow. on the lathe and I was like, this is a nice piece of wood, let me get started just seeing where it goes. Then I might, after making the body of the piece or making one component of the piece, scribble up a basic design or a basic outline of what I want to do, kind of a, a rough <sighs> draft. And then some of it may come into play, some of it may not. So it really depends on where I start. Mm, so you're the sketchy person in the back of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that person mm. that gets yelled mm -hmm. at at all the staff meetings for not paying attention. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking it was the colored hair that set everybody off, but you know, it's obviously it's it's the artwork. Yeah, it's the artwork. Uh, it's the creepy drawings. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Down okay. To the well, that that just happened to look like your principal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, we won't talk about that. Yeah. We, no. we need her to keep her job for now. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is skill number four? Uh, bowling for sure. Yeah, captain of the varsity like bowling bowl? team. No. Bowling, like, <laughs> at, even though I haven't been on any official leagues in probably about a, almost a decade now, I my goal is still to bowl a 300 before I die. I want to do that so bad. Oh. I might be bowling next week at some point. Uh, 
What's your What's your normal score? Like, how do I ask a bowler that? So, what's your average? Like, what's your what's average? Your average. Yeah. So, when I was on a league, okay. my average was one seventy something, which isn't great. Wow. Um, but that means I did bowl like That's a, lot a of few good games, like a few here and there, like couple of the trophies that I have one was for bowling an average of something throughout the season that I don't remember anymore the other one was bowling a 232 and I was like oh yeah this is awesome and now I'm finding out that my brothers are really into bowling too so yeah it's it's pretty cool so I think we're all gonna I, go bowling when I go down to Kentucky I have an important question oh yeah have you thought about getting a piece of wood turning a bowling ball undersized and then coating it or casting it in resin so you would have an exterior shell that would be durable enough, but you could still see the wood underneath and Ooh. using that as a bowling ball. Well, now I'm thinking you about it. You wouldn't be able to use it as a bowling ball, though. Yeah, sure you the, could. the weight would be well, off. Well, not, not an official bowling ball. I mean, they're fairly complex inside. Right. There's a counterweight inside the ball. Yeah. But, but I could bowl, I could really bowl with cool. it, and it wouldn't hurt my score one bit. Right. <laughs> Me too. First time I ever went bowling, I threw Wait. the ball backwards. Oh, like, I gosh. flung it off my fingers this way. I'm, <laughs> I'm motioning like, you know, like your hand's pointing down and then pointing up, because I thought yeah. it was going to rip my fingers off. Oh. And so when I was like a little kid, and or well, younger, I was probably a teenager, actually. And... Uh, yeah, and so the ball would roll like spinning backwards toward me to about halfway down the lane, and then it would start rolling forwards. But oh. uh, surprisingly, I did okay for <laughs> such an odd One, style. One seventy. Can you can you try and quantify that? So a one seventy and higher, that's like picking up om- like almost every spare. Oh, a lot least. of them. A lot of them, yeah. right? Like, even 150 is a hard score to get yeah. for uh, for somebody that just goes casual. Yeah, I mean, like, if you don't pick up any spares, but you still get at least nine pins every frame, you're going to end up with 90. 90, yeah. right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's it's That's not that hard, score. Tom. It's not that hard. I got a 500 one time. It's real wow. si- it's very simple. that is impressive. He 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 went. He paid for four people to play, <laughs> he, and he, he nobody showed up. So he, I mean, and I didn't he bowled, say, oh my God, he bowled you know. all forty. He bowled all forty frames and just added them to his score. <laughs> it's not that hard. I'm telling you, anybody can do it. Just saying, you know. You get to type just in saying. all the names yourself. Nobody's watching. It was just, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, my name was on every single one, every lane, you know, I just added them all up, you know, I mean, I didn't win anything, but I mean, you know, I'm just saying, if you need to, you need to boost your numbers, there's a way to do it. I mean, you've got those bragging rights now. I I went to Top Golf a few weeks ago with a bunch of coworkers. That's a very bowling-like experience. Mm -hmm. So, it was fun. You you bowled with golf balls? Bowled with golf balls. Yeah, well, I hit Angry Birds and played weird video games with golf balls. Golf balls. That's cool, though. It, it sounds like fun. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm serious about the bowling ball. I think you should turn one. Even if you never use it, I think you should turn one and then coat it in resin and, and do amazing things to it. And then um, and then try to pass it off. <gasps> like, just take it on the lane and see if anybody stops and, it. And the lane just on eats the, it. On the inner... <laughs> You got to do some Frank Howard stuff, but on the inner wood ball, you put the little white arrow markers, or maybe they're black on some 
courses. You put like the white arrow marks. Bowling on bowling ball, courses. And then you coat it in right. racing. What if I what cool. if I go to an old bowling alley, get their old lanes and make the bowling ball out of the old bowling lanes? Boom. Yeah. There you go. That's like you Jackman go. had there a baby go. with Frank Howard. Yes. <laughs> yes. There we go. That's uh, that's what we got to do. I want to see that baby. If you wanted to make them out of basketball courts, we know a guy. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. We do know a guy. His, his name is Jackman. So, I think Tom already oh, has some of the wood. Did he buy that? He bought two. You didn't see that? I missed that. Oh, man. Tom had an aneurysm. Yeah, he That's owns cool. two basketball courts worth of wood. And a lot of it's bird's eye maple. What? Yeah. That's it's, cool. it's gorgeous stuff. So many but we're getting sidetracked. What is skill number five? Uh, well, I'm still working on this one. I need to be better, but I'm, I think I'm pretty good at it at this point, and that's walking away from conversations that I don't want to be part of. <laughs> oh, we I roped am... you into this one for well, it was, sure. Yeah. It was nice, well, it was thank, nice thanks having for you. Thanks for having <laughs> thank you, you for on, coming. on the podcast. And, uh... <laughs> no, no. I, I am notorious for just being that person that's awkwardly standing in a group of people that I don't I, I do not know how to add to a conversation most of the time, and I'll just be standing there like, ah, cool, guys. Like, that's awesome. And then I'll just, like, kind of, like, disappear. And where'd Rebecca go? Or they just don't even notice because I was not contributing at all. And I am I am terrible <laughs> about it. I will legit just walk away as soon as it looks like somebody is paying attention to something other than me. <laughs> Oh, there's an easy way to deal with that. So if you if you you feel like uncomfortable walking away and they're talk, let's say they're talking about like I don't know, tables and chairs. All you have to do is just immediately dive in. Like, did you guys see the newest Doctor Who? That was awesome. I can't believe they've got a woman now. The TARDIS <sighs> looks so much better. And then just take over the conversation. And they're like, we're we're talking about tables and chairs. Yeah, I know that was boring. Doctor Who is super <laughs> cool. You guys should and just just totally wipe them out of the way. And then they'll just wander off because you know they can't handle it. That's oh, my message. Sa- it saves you having to walk away because then you're just standing there and they walk away. Yeah, yeah. good yeah. thinking. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I might use that later. I, I, need to think of something of I, I, I need to think of a topic I'm a little bit more familiar with, though. I mean, you have can you, pick anything. It could be anything. Right? Have you heard about that new strain of spider that is invisible and also shoots venom? Crazy, oh, right? T- tell me more. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got to go to the bathroom. I'll be, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's where they are. <laughs> Stay away from there. <laughs> that's where they are. <laughs> I'm trying to exit the conversation, and now I'm worried about going to the bathroom ever again. Oh, you'll be worried about everything. <laughs> that, that's got to be, like, in the name. It's, like, bathroom invisicatus. You know, it's, like, the, <laughs> the invisible bathroom spider. Tana's like, no, I really don't want to go. No, I thought you were going to say tattooing. I thought that was something that you're you're well, trying to develop a skill in. So see, I, I expected I, that to be your, your fifth skill. So I don't, I don't feel like that's one of my skills yet because I haven't really started. Although I have done one, one tattoo on a human being and it was on myself the first night I was apprenticing because I was kind of bullied into it. So <laughs> I, have, I have a leg tattoo now all of a sudden. Is that like a rite of passage to... Uh... It, it kind of seems like it is. A lot of tattoo artists, they'll end up tattooing themselves 
in on different areas of their body, whether it's with or without ink, just to see kind of the pain level in each of those areas so that they understand as a tattooer how much certain areas hurt. Um, but I've, I've noticed that when I was tattooing my own leg, all the other tattooers in the shop were coming up to me like, oh, yeah, check out my tattoo. And they're like pulling up their pant legs, same spot. Like, yeah, look at this. This sucks, but it's cool because it's my first one. I was like, okay, this is cool. I like this, you know. So I feel like it is kind of a rite of passage, um, but I, I, <laughs> I, you know, no regrets. It's it's a cool it's a cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. Not even one letter. No. <laughs> I I have a story. Uh, I have a short story about um, about no regrets and a tattoo parlor. Oh, that, uh, do you, do you want to hear it? It's total. This is totally diverging from our nor- normal pattern. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Give me talk amongst yourselves. I got to pull it up and then I will oh. explain. Okay. Okay. He's just going to read us a, something from a Wikipedia page? Or? I think so. <clears throat> yeah. hey, hey Rebecca, what do you think overnight shipping costs on one of your pendant necklaces? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> well, uh it's going to be a lot more cuz I'd have to fly back to uh back to Texas to go and get it. <laughs> oh, you're not there. No. <laughs> All right. Well, Oh, you just have order just just have, a, just have a neighbor set it outside, oh, no. and I'll, I'll drive I'll drive over and <laughs> ship it to Tom. <laughs> no, I have no I have no expectations of getting it anytime oh, soon. No. I just I didn't know you were in there. Oh, I, uh, I'm going to need to change my Etsy settings tonight so that people know I'm not there. Uh, uh, see, I never leave for more no, than like a day or two, so I never have to do that. <laughs> No, it's really cool. Which one did you get? You have some nice stuff on there. All right. Is it? All right, I found uh, it. I, well, I should have asked you. I'll talk about it after. No, you're good. All right, so this is <coughs> this is going to seem a little odd. Um, okay, the preface is I'm I'm in a, a writer's group. It's on, on Clubhouse called Free Write Fridays. And we get prompts. And you get seven minutes to write. And I'm always struggling to come up with names for characters this particular story, the main character's name is Berkey. <laughs> and it's not based on Andy Berkey, but that's where the name came from. Just just so you understand. So this was written in seven minutes. <clears throat> this day had not started off how it ended up. Berkey was so excited to get his tattoo. He was a rather larger man who could easily be mistaken for one of those Harley Davidson biker dudes. All he needed was a bandana on his scalp and a leather cut around his shoulders. Today was the day he was moving forward, starting a new chapter of his life, and this tattoo was the symbol of that choice. Once it was done, he looked, and his eyes were transfixed. He couldn't look away for a full two minutes. The tattoo artist stared at him. You okay, bro? he asked. Berkey smiled and began laughing, and he didn't stop. He was laughing too hard. It wasn't forced. It was more of a mania. The type of laugh you hear from a truly insane person. The kind of laugh that sends chills up your spine and makes you want to slowly or rapidly edge away from the person who's creating it. Berkey jumped out of the tattoo chair, grabbed the tattoo artist by the throat with one meaty massive paw and rode him straight to the floor. He smiled crazily as he continued laughing and turned his free hand into a ham fist, which he used to beat the life out of his victim. 
The tattoo artist squirmed. His arms flailed all over the place as he struggled, but there was no way for him to push off the mountain that was now on top of him. The commotion drew attention from the other end of the shop, and Lily, the front desk girl, came running back. What the hell are you doing? Lily yelled. Berkey stopped laughing and hitting the man simultaneously, then turned his head with resistance as if moving on rusty gears and looked at Lily. Tell me what the tattoo says, Berkey commanded in a gravelly voice. Lily looked at his arm, at the heart-shaped tattoo with a banner on it, and gasped. Read it, Berkey commanded. Um, no regrets? Lily timidly read. Exactly, Berkey growled. No regrets. Berkey turned his head back towards the punching sack. You're gonna regret today, buddy. Berkey grimaced and resumed beating the man. <laughs> oh, Berkey. So um, I should have I should have started with the prompt for that was laughing too hard. So that's that was what I was told. We had a li- we had to write a story about laughing too hard. And for some reason, that's where my mind went with somebody that got the wrong tattoo or misspelled <laughs> tattoo. And, and it just kind of lined up with what you were telling me. But, um, but anyway. That's crazy. I, I feel digress. like that's the most stressful type of tattoo a tattooer can do is one that has lettering or words. And like that's, that's my homework assignment for this uh, week that I'm away is while I'm away from the tattoo shop, I've got these drawing assignments that I'm going to be working through. And like I, I just started on eagles the other night. I'm going to be doing something else that I don't even remember. Skulls soon. And then after I finish up with skulls and one other thing, he's like, you need to do the, the text. You need to do some type of like type. And I'm, I'm kind of terrified of that. And I don't know why, because I write all the time. Like, I'm fine drawing, and it's just like drawing more very specific shapes. But it just seems like there's a higher stress level when it comes to that. Because, like, one move can make one letter look like a totally different letter, and then it's all wrong. Everything's terrible. Well, you're, you're talking about fonts now. You're not talking about letters. You're you're now you're creating fonts on on a yeah. person. It's not yeah. the same thing, you know. Yeah. So, but it's yeah. I mean, and it's I, not like a a tattoo is like, you know, sketched on somebody. Yeah. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. it's uh, would be unlikely unless yeah. you just did the whole design with the misspelling or oh, the wrong God. letter. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I have mm-hmm. the one tattoo that I would... have, Tanda. The guy did that. He I don't know what he used, but he drew out because he had we had to go through like five different designs before he got it right. And he did this thing. It was on some kind of paper that had purple ink. And then he put it on my arm and it transferred. Mm-hmm. Of like the thing he drew transferred to my skin. So then he actually was able to trace Transfer out paper? everything. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that's called. Uh, I'm not I'm not in the tattoo. Yeah, world, it's just transfer but... paper. It's really oh. nice. And that, that purple design stays on for like ever. If you don't like have the material. It would almost have off. to, right? I mean, because yeah. you're wiping constantly. It, mm-hmm. it would have to stand up to to wiping as you're tattooing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there are some artists that, um, especially if it's a difficult spot, like on your knuckles or something, like it's not very easy to lay a whole design right across the knuckles, so you have to hand draw them. And they just use Sharpies for that. So you'd start with a lighter color Sharpie, like a yellow or like a light orange or a light blue. And then once you kind of get the rough design out, then you'd 
go over it with a darker color and then once you're kind of sure that it looks a lot better then you go over it with the final color that's still not quite black and then go over it again for your like final draft right over the same thing but that's that's Mm. where i would get all stressed out about it is that it's terrifying so if the person has like a mole or something that just happens to be black and then they you get completely done and and you've tattooed it uh, you know oh yeah or, or you, there's just a, like a stray blotch somewhere, yeah. and you just fill it in. <laughs> <laughs> it was there in the artwork, right? I, that, I that was on it the was, transfer it was paper part of the when design. you bought it. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's why you, that's why you don't want to get the you know the edge of the transfer paper into the design. You get yeah. like copyright 1982 or something in there. Yeah, <laughs> registered trademark. That, 3M. That. I'm going to give you my last tattoo story, and then we're, we're going to shuffle off this uh, this segment. So um, there was a guy that I met, and he had a tattoo. He had a number on his arm, and I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was basically like 71587. And I said, hey, man, what, what's that number mean? He goes, oh, that's, that's the date I got this tattoo. <laughs> what? <laughs> You, what? <laughs> you got a tattoo of the date you, you got the tattoo? Yeah. Is it like your birthday or something? Nah, nah. Just the day I got the tattoo. Like, you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the Steve-O tattoos. <laughs> didn't, didn't Steve-O get a tattoo that just says your name here? <laughs> Was that our best guess? I don't know, but it was a guest. All right, it's time for short and sweet. It's time to close out the show. Rebecca, do you have anything you'd like to say? Any closing statements? Any recommendations? Any hate mail? Anything? You oh, anything? oh man! Um, it, yeah, oh gosh! Keep your tools sharp. Uh, design your stuff before you start. It's always helpful. Uh, dye your hair purple if you have the opportunity, because that's always fun. And, uh, yeah, keep keep making stuff. All right. Well, that was, that was definitely short and sweet. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite of what Tom gives us. Tom, what do you have for short and sweet? Uh, I think everybody knows this guy, but Caleb Kraft. Uh, did he work for Make Magazine? Is that where... We all yeah. Kind of know him from. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. Or he did. But he's, I think he's, he's amazing. Still. He is. Yeah, he's also. Oh, is he still working? Um, he's just in the maker community. He is a legit maker, and he does all kinds of stuff. And um, recently, he's been doing more of his designing for uh, video game controllers to help people with disabilities use them. So, like. Uh, 3D printed pieces that can attach to controllers because somebody is missing a hand or someone doesn't have dexterity in a hand or they need to use um, their, their uh, I'll say, face or mouth to push certain buttons while using uh, one, you know, one other hand or something like that. Just all kinds of crazy, like, different uh, disabilities, for lack of a better term. And... Um, I don't know if the contest is still going, but you can actually, you can actually design something and submit it and, um, win something. But 
go check out Caleb Craft if you don't if you don't know him. That's a, yeah, that sounds very cool. All right, all right. Tanda, do you have anything for short and sweet? Yeah, I'm going to recommend that you go and and follow Rebecca on uh, on Instagram or wherever else. And she, I noticed she has two Instagrams. Um, uh, so just just go ahead and follow both of them. Thank I, you. I think one's Rebecca's up to something. Yeah, I don't post as much on there. I'm never up to yeah. anything anymore. And then the other one is just uh, Rebecca DeGroote. Mm-hmm. And amazing stuff, not just turning. I mean, some amazing artwork and carving um, and artwork in general. Uh, graphic arts, uh, just go check it out. I, I'm going to recommend, Rebecca, you change the name of that channel to Rebecca's Not Up to Much. Yeah, Just, I think just I'm to keep to. with the times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, know, you don't want to be misleading. It can be some yeah. legalities things like that well maybe maybe if she's up to something she can't be posting there that's that's right rebecca is maybe just something. change it to rebecca's up to something else yeah yeah <laughs> maybe rebecca's doing secret stuff mm. that that could be you know i'm always doing secret stuff i think she could have a whole series of instagram accounts <laughs> yeah one of every everyone we just gave you just open a new account with that name you should have like five of them that's how yep. many i've got that's really great <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a blast. Yeah, you get like so many messages and you ignore all of them. It's it's, it's the best. Well, as for me, uh, even though Tom has decided to completely abandon the 3D world, I am still prototyping stuff, still making things, and I I recently designed a. Well, I didn't wait, design. Wait, wait, wait! You recommended you last week. Did I? You can't recommend you again. No. Oh. Oh, I guess I don't. I feel like you do it every week. I don't have anything to say. Then I guess, oh, never mind. I feel so bad. I, I broke the rules. Oh, I'll, I'll, re- I'll recommend PJ. Go go check out some of PJ's yeah. stuff. <laughs> there he's, you go. he's 3D printing some some interesting stuff. No, I, I, oh yeah, I don't PJ want, recently recommended that. Yeah, guy. Don't don't check out my stuff. I just want to talk about what I was doing. You know, I. So there's there's a there's a switch plate cover that's that someone that listens to this podcast asked me to make uh james zaxon things in down in florida and uh it was one of the ones i was thinking about making anyway i i duplicated it as best i could to the original delta switch plate and then i looked at it and i'm like maybe i should add more stripes and just sort of like customize it make it my own and i did that and then i was torn i'm like i don't know which one looks better so then i sent it out to like 10 people and i'm like which one of these do you like and i showed both of them and of course without fail I got a 50-50 response from everybody. Like, basically giving me no no definitive answer. Everybody either like one or the other. So now apparently I have two products. That's that's basically what that means. Um, I don't know where I was going with this story. It just it, it happened today. It happened today. Anyway, I'd like to thank well, our top Patreon supporters, our very own Tanda and Creator Nader. And we're about to go do the secret segment with Rebecca. It's going to be exciting. But only our Patreon members get to hear that. And despite my pleas last week for more Patreon members, uh, we didn't get any. And I guess I'm not going to be editing, you know, the, the podcast the way I used to because I did a poll and nobody cares. Nobody cares. The only comment we got was, why can I still hear Tom? They, they thought I was supposed to edit Tom out of the podcast, which, you know, 
we need Tom. Okay, he's the. I comic know who relief. it was. Yeah, we we know who you are. So, but uh, but anyway, <laughs> if you want to hear the secret stuff, cough up a buck. Actually, it's not even a buck. You're getting charged by the month, so it's like twenty five cents an episode. That's that's pretty darn cheap. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram. And you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.